She had just been dropped off at the babysitter's house for the day while her dad went into work. But before he could even make it to the end of the street, he would receive a call from the babysitter saying that his little girl, Hannah, was unresponsive. What awful thing had happened to Hannah in such a short span of time? Welcome or welcome back. I'm Cassie and this is A Wicked World. Today's case is another one that was requested by some of you. It's about a little girl who's just acting her age and she got punished severely by her babysitter. This is the story of Hannah Weish. Hannah was born January 11th, 2015. Her parents were Jason Weish and Adrian Latham. She was described as a cheerful, bright, and very clever little girl. She was one of the most joyful kids ever and not shy at all. She was very giving and empathetic, especially for a three-year-old. She would always wanna to try to do things for other people. Some of her favorite things were eating hot dogs and Minnie Mouse. She also had two sisters, Caitlin and Rachel. When she was only four months old, her father, who had sole custody, lost his job. Since Jason didn't have anywhere to stay, he would take Hannah to his brother's house so that she could sleep there and he would sleep in the car. It's said that he would do anything and everything in his power for his daughters. This stint of homelessness went on for about two years. Then in early 2018, Jason had some luck. He had finally found a job, a construction job, in Hanover Township, Ohio. His boss at the new job had also helped him find a new home for him and his daughters. The boss owned a home on Shank Road in Hamilton, Ohio, and he let Jason rent it out from him. Now, 35-year-old Lindsay Parton was Jason's new neighbor. She was also the daughter-in-law of Jason's boss. So when he found out that Lindsay babysat during the day and she could watch three-year-old Hannah while he went to work, it seemed perfect, as well as convenient for somebody who was working almost 12 hours every day. Lindsay would feed Hannah, she would bathe her. She was with her almost as much as her father was due to his crazy work schedule. On the morning of March 8th, 2018, Jason helped his daughter put on her coat and shoes. He then sent a text message to Lindsay at 6.52 in the morning, letting her know that they were on the way over. Lindsay simply replied back, okay. Jason and Hannah left the home and jumped into his car. When they arrived at Lindsay's, it was only three minutes after Jason had sent that text to her saying they were on the way. At that point, Jason carried Hannah out of the car, wrapped up in her cozy blanket. They walked into the babysitter's garage where she was awaiting Hannah's arrival. Jason gave Hannah a bunch of hugs and kisses before he left. And he said that on that day, she wanted extra hugs and kisses from him. Jason finally parted ways with Hannah and got back in his car and went on his way to work. Lindsay took Hannah and started walking into the house. By the time that Jason had only gotten to the end of the road at exactly 7 a.m., he saw that he had a missed call from Lindsay. So that's only five minutes from when he arrived at Lindsay's house to drop off Hannah. He returned Lindsay's call and Lindsay told him that something was wrong with Hannah. She was unresponsive. He immediately turned around and raced back to the babysitter's house. After Lindsay hung up with Jason, she called 911. While Lindsay was on the call, she was heard trying to comfort Hannah. She was saying, I love you, buttercup. You're okay. And I can't believe this is happening. 
I thought she was fine. I think he's a kid. She told the 911 operator that Hannah had just passed out out of nowhere. She also made sure to mention that Hannah had fallen the day before and gotten a really bad bruise on her chin which wasn't the only injury that she had recently sustained while in Lindsay's care. Going back to the week of March 4th, 2018, Jason had spoken with Lindsay a few times about some bruises that he had noticed on his daughter. He had only noticed these after he had picked up Hannah from Lindsay's house. Hannah had bruises all over her chest and a pretty bad scrape on her chin, he said. Lindsay told him that these had only occurred because Hannah had tripped and fallen on the rocks in the driveway. She also said there was another day that Hannah had stepped on a toy with wheels when it kicked from underneath her and she hit the handlebar. Hannah had bruising around her eye from that incident. That's a lot of injuries to all happen within a small period of time at daycare. So as soon as Jason got back to Lindsay's house, he ran over to Hannah, who was laying on the couch in Lindsay's garage, and he tried to get her to breathe normally again. Jason later recalled saying Hannah's name over and over and over again, and then watching her seize. When the EMTs arrived, they noticed bruising on various parts of Hannah's body, including the chest and her eyes, which appeared sunken. Hannah was then transported to the Fort Hamilton Hospital. When she arrived at the emergency room, she was still unresponsive and now unable to breathe on her own. The doctor immediately intubated Hannah and placed her on a ventilator. The doctor also remembers seeing multiple bruises on Hannah's body at that time. He said that her pupils were also not reacting properly and there was blood behind her eyes. Approximately one hour after Hannah arrived at the hospital, she left on a life flight to the Cincinnati Children's Hospital Medical Center. Lindsay was brought in for questioning. At first, the detective told her that Hannah was dead. At this point, she was not. He just wanted to see if he could provoke some kind of reaction out of Lindsay. During this first interview, she told detectives that she did not know what happened to Hannah. She said that Jason had dropped her off at 7 a.m. and Hannah had asked for a donut. Lindsay said she then sat Hannah down on the couch. At that point, she says Hannah fell forward and hit the ground. Lindsay now also says that the day before, Hannah had fallen in the garage as well, but she had seemed fine. So how is it related then? Partway through the interview, detectives paused their questioning and left the room. During that time, Lindsay is heard saying, I'm going to prison for the rest of my life. So we walked in, she was in front of me, and she went to take off her jacket and just fell forward. And like I said, I said, Hannah, get up, what are you doing? I thought maybe she tripped because I had, was putting my robe down. I'm like, I'm in shock. Right. I mean, I'm in shock. Do you know that she's mischievous, Hannah? And that when she's at home with her dad, that he's very busy and he doesn't get to pay attention. Yeah. But I'll say, oh, did you fall? Did you jump off the couch again? Because she jumps off the couch a lot. Hannah's not doing good. Whatever happened to her happened this morning. And she has a severe, severe brain bleed. 
detectives interviewed her again to see if they could get further information or to see if her story had changed. And of course it did. During this interview, she made statements about excessively disciplining Hannah earlier that week, as well as shaking Hannah on the morning of March 8th. The police also pulled out some photos during this interview with Lindsay. They were photos of various bruising on Hannah's body as they were when she arrived at the hospital. Lindsay once again told the story about how Hannah had fallen on the gravel and that many of the bruises were from that. She also told the story about Hannah falling off the toy with wheels and receiving bruises that way. She again denied knowing what had happened to Hannah the morning of March 8th when she was in her care. Approximately 50 minutes into the interview, Lindsay finally admitted that something else had happened that morning to Hannah. She said that Hannah had slipped at the entry door between the house and the garage, and she had hit her head on a concrete step. Lindsay said after that, she picked her up, and that's when Hannah told her that she wanted a donut and to sit on the couch. That's when Hannah collapsed. Detectives told Lindsay that the fall she had just described would not have caused the injuries that Hannah had. She then changed her story again. This time she stated that she was holding Hannah and when she opened the door between the garage and the house, she slipped on Hannah's blanket and the two of them fell. She said Hannah hit her head on the concrete step. It was just from a taller height this time. You know, since the police had told her that the other story wasn't gonna work, she now changed it to, oh, well I'm taller, so that works, right? She also showed the detectives a bruise on her own hand, which she said resulted from the fall. The detectives once again told Lindsay that that kind of fall was not big enough to result in the severity of injuries that Hannah had sustained. So when people fall, um, you're gonna have bruising on the sharp points. If you fall straight forward, you're not gonna have bruising over here. And that's what that's where we're getting, that's why we wanted to come down and fill in some of these holes. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, honestly, a lot of these aren't adding up to a fall on the gravel. So I slipped on our blanket when I opened the door and we both went down. I was holding her on the left side. So when I slipped, it hit her side. I actually hit my head on the door coming down but she smacked her face, her, whole, her, her head really hard on the concrete set. And I fell, and she fell. So, so why would you? I, I didn't want to be in trouble. I mean, why would you? I don't know. How does this happen? I slapped her upside the head. With what? My hand. 
took all the ketchup out and squirted it into the toilet. And I didn't think that hurt her. I really didn't. So these were closed fists, like upper fists? Yeah. Okay. She didn't want him to go to work. And he's like, I gotta go, I gotta go. So he rushed out, and I was like, Hannah, you can't do that. Daddy's gotta go to work. You shook her? Yeah. I shook her, and I remember picking her up and squeezing her, and we did ball. How hard did you shake her? She was in trouble. Yeah. And you were angry? Yeah. Lindsay at that time said that she probably shook Hannah too hard for about a minute. She said Hannah's head was snapping around and she also probably dropped her. Probably. While in the ICU, Hannah never regained consciousness. After three days, it was determined that Hannah was progressing towards brain death. On March 18th, 2018, Hannah was officially brain dead. They pulled the plug from the life support and Hannah was pronounced deceased. During the autopsy, there were bruises on the back and right side of Hannah's head. Underneath the skin on the back of her head were two additional bruises, as well as a bruise in the deep muscle of her neck. Hannah also had hemorrhages in both eyes and a CT scan revealed a large subdermal hemorrhage. Hannah's cause of death was traumatic brain injury due to a blunt, tremendous force that went through her brain. A fall from ground level would not have caused the injuries that she sustained. Hannah would not be walking, talking, or behaving in any sort of normal fashion after these injuries occurred. She would have been unresponsive within moments. There were multiple bruises found on her eyes, ears, chin, flanks, upper arms, and buttocks. Given her overall medical condition, it was determined that these injuries were non-accidental and were the result of child abuse. Hannah's manner of death was homicide. In her story, Lindsay said that she had shaken Hannah because she had been whining that she didn't want her dad to go to work. She shook her, picked her up, squeezed her, and then she fell. She then shook Hannah again after she fell. Lindsay admitted that she had been frustrated. She said Hannah had been crying for her father every morning lately. Probably because you're hurting her? Of course she wants her dad. She demonstrated violently shaking Hannah and screaming, stop doing this already. Lindsay says that she shook Hannah until she stopped whining. In regards to some of the bruising around Hannah's head, Lindsay admitted that earlier in the week she had slapped Hannah upside the head because Hannah had taken her ketchup and squirted it in the toilet. If my three-year-old did that, I'd probably laugh. She also later admitted that this story was made up. Who knows? With regards to the bruise under Hannah's chin, Lindsay says that she struck her twice. She did some kind of uppercut-like karate motion, I guess, to her. I don't know. The bruises that were on Hannah's chest that Lindsay had earlier said were from the gravel and falling in the driveway, she now admitted were from physical discipline. She demonstrated how she would aggressively poke Hannah and scream at her, Hannah, you know better, whenever Hannah would do anything wrong. She also showed detectives how she would squeeze Hannah around the middle to discipline her. When they asked her why she would do these things, she said because Hannah was mischievous and because she was frustrated with her own personal problems. Most three-year-olds are mischievous 
And if you're going to act like this, then your own personal problems can go fuck themselves. Lindsay later said that she didn't think she was going to get in trouble for telling detectives how she had disciplined Hannah in these ways because she thought that Jason would, quote, back her up. I don't know where this idea came from. She didn't think that she would be in trouble for poking Hannah so hard in the chest that she bruised, squeezing her in the middle, hitting her under the chin multiple times, and shaking her. She said that the story about falling while she was carrying Hannah into the house was also a lie. Detectives soon also found that the day before the accident, Lindsay had used the Google app on her phone to search how to get rid of a bruise. This search was later found to have been deleted from her phone. She also made a few other Google searches that she did not delete, which were what essential oil is good for a bruise and is vapor rub good for a bruise. On the night of the incident, she searched how to get rid of a bruise again and then deleted it. I'm wondering if she had a bruise on herself that she was trying to hide. Maybe the one on her hand that she said earlier was from falling was actually from hurting Hannah in some way. Yet again, for what is this, the fourth time now? Lindsay changed her story. She now denied causing any harm to Hannah. She told detectives that she only said all this stuff during the second interview because she wanted to protect people. The detectives had been asking whether her husband or Jason could have harmed Hannah, so she said she was just protecting them. Right, you would take the blame for all this and make up these stories about how Hannah got all these different bruises just to protect them. You're that good of a person. I'm sure. When the case went to trial in April of 2019, Lindsay's attorney tried to shift the blame to Jason instead. They brought up the fact that Jason had lied earlier in the investigation to police, but not about anything important as far as we know. Jason had been asked about his activities the night prior to Hannah's incident. When he first spoke to detectives, he said that he had gone to Walmart to get milk for Hannah. Right before he was going to testify, he said that his friend Chris reminded him that that's not actually what did happen. His friend Chris Davis had stayed at their home that day, March 7th, and Jason had gone to pick up Hannah at 7 p.m. from Lindsay's house. After picking Hannah up, Jason and Hannah drove Chris back to his house, which was in Fairfield, Ohio. They then returned back to their own home where they laid on the couch and fell asleep together. At this point, Lindsay had made so many incriminating statements that this wasn't really even considered. On April 12, 2019, the jury convicted Lindsay Parton on all six counts in which she had been indicted. Two counts of endangering a child. This was for the two days prior to Hannah's incident. She had admitted to all these things she had done to Hannah, so those two counts were for that. The remaining four counts were for what had happened on the day of March 8th. And for that, she got two more charges of endangering a child, involuntary manslaughter, as well as murder. She was sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole after 18 years. The courtroom was completely full, including many of Hannah's family members wearing light blue t-shirts with angel wings and a halo on them for Hannah. Lindsay Parton tried to appeal her conviction at the end of 2020. However, the court upheld their decision. Lindsay's family and friends do not believe that she could have done this to Hannah. They think that she is innocent. Her attorney 
also says she hasn't had a prior criminal record. And when she was a child, she was a cheerleader and a Girl Scout. And... A visitation for Hannah was held at the Cooper Funeral Home on March 22nd, 2018. There was also a balloon release done for her that night. Hannah was buried at the Rest Haven Cemetery. Her father has also started a new nonprofit named the Hannah Strong Foundation. The goal of the foundation is to help victims of child abuse. Well, thank you for listening to all of Hannah's story today. This story is scary for so many parents out there. You always want to think that your child is safe while you're away from them. And to think that somebody could be hurting your baby behind your back and you didn't know it is terrifying. Poor Hannah was just acting like a typical three-year-old. And she should never have been punished for the fact that Lindsay was having personal problems at the time and couldn't control her patience. It's despicable. Well, if you do like true crime, don't forget to subscribe below or give this video a like. Both are appreciated. And until next time, thanks for watching A Wicked World. Take care, guys. Bye.